What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Players Club podcast, the premier video game podcast for VGU.TV. Today, we got an interesting show um, with the reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla that just happened mere hours before we're recording this, but probably a couple days for you listening. Um, we are going to be talking about our favorite Assassin's Creed games. We got a little top three list that each of us have selected today. Um, but I say us, so who are we talking to today? Well, you know me, of course. I'm Emmett Watkins Jr., also known as EJSpun61 all over the internet. But I am joined here today by Alan Muir. What's up, Al? Nothing, nothing. Just playing playing those video games that we cover on VGU.TV. Yeah. I thought you were going to make like a little like a little song there. I thought you were going to be like, nothing, nothing, just playing something. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Bars. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, we're all playing a lot of games, man. Mm. Tis the season for video gaming, or I guess, I don't know if there's so much of a season. We're all at home, so I guess it does make sense still. But in any case, before we get to that special segment with Assassin's Creed and everything that I've talked about, um, we always talk about what we've been playing first off. So that's what we're going to kick it off with. Um, What have I been playing? (laughs) I mean, actually, I'll ask you first, because I need to think for a second to see what I've been playing. I've played a lot of things. This is a question of not spitting out 15 games so while i go figure out what i want to talk about as far as what i've been playing do you have anything you want to mention here first off yeah i've been last week i mentioned that i that i was gonna try sticking through try like sticking like keeping keep going with battlefront 2 okay how did that go for you i didn't (laughs) i I kind of saw that one coming i instead went back to old republic uh yeah. It seems like it seems like you wanted a Star Wars fix but weren't necessarily wanting a shooter fix. Is that fair to say? Sort of. I hmm. so I started a new character, a bounty hunter. Hmm, okay. Named Han Solo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Malice Cole. Malice Cole. That's a badass sounding name. I like that one. And he's black. Hey. What's up? I'm Malice. The M is silent. Anyway, <laughs> that was a dumb reference. Um, yeah, that's pretty badass. Is, is this a completely new character you rolled, or you just edited one you had? That's completely new character. I, mm. I, I, there has to be. I think there's something wrong with the game because I'm level 14 and I've only I only played a few hours. That's strange. I don't know why that is. Huh. Are you just advancing in levels like super quickly? Maybe they enhance the first beginning levels so that people can just get to where they need to be faster. Well, when I was playing as I was playing also as my Jedi counselor, Kazdu Varat. Mm-hmm. Kazdu. Okay. You can tell. You can definitely tell which ones were from which one right were from a name generator, or one that the one that actually tried to make it Star Wars like. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of these are sounding wonky, but hey, that's part of the charm, I believe. So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I got there's a certain point in the Jedi Consular story where I just couldn't couldn't get past it. Hmm. So that was just just having a lot of hard times, just trying to actually get through it and play it. Yeah, and this was like four or five years ago, or five is five to six years ago. Oh, geez, this has been haunting you for a while, then. Yeah, it's like I always wound up. To either have someone walk me through that fight, or because it's like in the ruins of the Jedi Temple, 
on Coruscant. Jeez. Oh, my God. Sorry. My my little brother just had the loudest yawn of all time. I don't know if that got picked up, but in any case. No, it, it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> not crazy then. Yeah, sorry about that, y'all. It, it, I mean, when I edit, they might not even hear it, but that's definitely something that happened. But anyway, continue. That totally threw me off. So I had enough of being a goody two-shoes with, mm. with my Jedi character. So I created okay. my badass black killer. <laughs> yeah, just turn to the Sith on that one, huh? Well, certain things, like I, I'm trying to, he sort of, has a he has a code mm-hmm. like he there was an early like a side quest early on where you have where you have to, like you, you're sent by a mother to get, like get her son back from yeah. her fa- from the father who did something and the father explains that if you kill him and take the child back to its mother They'll send it. They'll send them to. They'll send the child to Corban to become a Sith, and oh, he'll, he'll die. That's scary. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he just. It's not a matter like, and he like the parent, the father knows firsthand. Hmm. So I decided to lie and say that I killed the father and sent the kid to Corban. Wow. Okay. So he doesn't want to. He. Is he more about just spreading chaos or actually enacting violence? Because well, if no. you just, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't kill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You didn't kill him, so it's like you're, you're more. Oh, I'll say I did and have the effect of that, but not actually do it. Yeah, just make make sure, like, like I said, when you, with uh, Old Republic, when you're doing a side quest, it ultimately comes down to either the good choice or the bad choice. There's no mm-hmm. really, there's no gray area. Yeah, no moral ambiguity there, huh? So yeah, so it's either light or dark. So I chose the light option. However, mm-hmm. I I was doing it like the bounty hunter area, like starting area, is uh, Nalhada. Nalhada, where all the huts uh, are from. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, has that been? fun to explore i mean i feel like saying something's fun to explore right now you've probably played this game a whole lot so you've probably seen a lot of the environments at this point well actually i hadn't played last time i played like a role to bounty hunter class was a very long time ago because hmm. it was a sort of sort of getting flashbacks like hey hey this looks familiar it looks familiar huh and so i guess i guess you're rediscovering it then huh yeah so like the avochi are are sort of like they look like orcs from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. But they're like they look menacing, but they're actually very, they're very sweethearts. docile. Oh docile, okay. I didn't expect that one to be the word. Yeah, so there was one there's a a there's a per a shady character called the Black Death. Oh, fun. Because he who was hunting Evochi. Mm-hmm. He offered me a bribe. Like, if I just let him go and do whatever, I just, you have the option to, like I said, say, like, the option was to do this, do this, or do this, and it, and with my little parentheses, it says attack. Hmm. Wow. So, I just chose the attack option and killed him. Okay. (laughs) And then, it was great. A whole (laughs) horde of his, like, hunting droids tried to kill me. Hmm. Jeez. 
that also sounds a lot hostile. I guess you're earning all this hostility. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's he's not he's not a good person. But I'm trying to get into the, a scenario where he's mm-hmm. morally ambiguous. Like okay, he'll do, he'll do something good. He'll do something bad. Okay, a little bit more interesting because a goody, a complete goody two shoes isn't an interesting narrative to tell. Yeah, like another another thing was, I had an option to kill someone who had sensitive data, and the other option was to set five slaves uh, free. Hmm. I'm always chose, down for freeing slaves. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I went down went and I ended up choosing going that going that route. Yeah. That's that's actually pretty cool. So he'll yeah. he'll he'll make the right choices sometimes, but not all the times. So that's what keeps him exciting. Yeah, credits like uh last one. Mm-hmm. I, I got approached by a spice vendor or spice dealer. Oh yeah. The the star the space drugs. <laughs> yeah. And there was a like I, I was, I was supposed to go in with like an EMP an uh an EMP device, mm-hmm. and kill a bunch of eels that were producing the spice. Hmm. So I had the option to carry on, and or I could have, or I could just take the money and double like double cross the guy. So I double crossed him. Hmm. I'm having so much fun. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, just betraying people's <laughs> betraying people's trust and lying about killing their relatives. That's uh, that's the way to live. Well, it's all in Star Wars, so it's all harmless. But yeah, yeah, it's, it seems like that's one of your comfort food games. So it's good to come back and just settle in, just in a slightly different way. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right then. Well, from that, I'll go ahead and take another game that's almost l- less comforting, a lot less comforting than the game you've been playing. Um, I almost forgot that I beat Doom Eternal finally. Um, I finally beat that what, earlier this week. I played it on stream. I was actually planning because I, I said, oh, I'm right at this really hard boss or not boss fight, but just this really hard combat encounter because there's this one enemy. I forget what it's called, but it's very large. It shoots fire at you and it can spawn enemies just on a whim. Like you can just spawn more and more enemies. So I, I got into the arena and I was like, man, these enemies keep going. Like, why can't I kill all of them in time? They keep spawning. What's going on? And then I realized, wait, if I go to the top of the arena, there's this thing in a fireball that if I shoot it, the fireball comes down and there's an enemy back there. And I figured out that's the one who was spawning everything. Fine. So I, I left off on that fight. Like literally I looked at the save data. I think the last time I played was April 8th. So like three wow. weeks ago, <laughs> I don't know why I just hadn't been feeling doom at the time and or something else popped up. I don't know. It was a million things. So I finally got back into it and I was like, why did I put this down? Because this is a lot of fun. So I streamed from that point and I thought, OK, I have to be like halfway through the game. So I'm only going to stream for like a couple hours and then we'll stop it once I'm done with the game. As soon as I beat that mission, I got back to the ship, and and then this pop-up goes on screen. You better explore the ship now, because for the next three missions, you're playing it, you're playing it straight through until the end of the game. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that I was that close to the end. So I said, you know what? Fuck it, guys. We're going to play through to the end. I streamed for four hours, and I still wasn't done. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're going to do this later. Two days later, I come back and literally all I had to do was two boss fights, and that was the end of the game. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It 
I really don't know why it took me so long to come back to Doom because that game is a blast. It's very exhilarating. It it got now a lot of people have been talking about how they don't like the emphasis on platforming and just doing things that aren't shooting people. Like they either say, "Oh man, there's too much platforming." I don't feel like there's too much platforming, but they try to vary because they use platforming to kind of get a breath of fresh air from the shooting. Because if it was nothing but shooting, I'm sure people would say, oh, it gets repetitive at some point. Which is definitely something that people said about the original game, uh, Doom 2016. But I didn't really have a problem with the platforming in and of itself. It's just that they started to try and vary the platforming. And that's when it got a little bit annoying. Like, once they introduced the swimming mechanic, I'm like, oh no. Like, I, I don't want this. And then... It's one thing to do swimming. Like, I'm fine if you're going to have a swim mechanic, but they do the thing of it's effectively holding your breath, but it's not a breath meter. It's like, a oh, you're swimming through toxic sludge and you might fuck around and have your health wither away to the point where you die underwater. That never feels fair. That never feels satisfying. It's always annoying. So, yeah, I don't like I just don't like that. Um but the swimming sections were kept at a minimum, more or less. Uh, it was really more focused on the combat towards the end of the game there. And that combat was still as satisfying as ever. The uh, They introduced a new enemy, which were like little hell angels that just float around and shoot missiles at you from afar. Um, they're kind of, they're meant to be kind of like a smaller key enemy. Like, you know, those enemies that are walking around that are just like zombies for you to chainsaw for ammo. Yeah. These, yeah, these angels are a lot like that. Uh, they're But instead of chainsawing them for ammo, you have to get a headshot on them, and then that's when they spill out all their health and ammo. Um, and I think that's just a way of simplifying the combat loop a little bit more. Because if you're in a regular arena fight, it's, oh, I gotta, oh, if I want health, I gotta shoot somebody until they're glowing and then get the, uh, the glory kill. If I want ammo, I gotta take out the chainsaw. If I want this, I gotta do that. You got to use all the different arsenal points where once the angels get introduced, it's kind of like, all right, just shoot them in the head. You don't have to change guns or anything. And as soon as you do that, they spill out all the rewards to just keep the gameplay momentum going. Um, so I did appreciate that. Uh, but these these bosses were really, really difficult. Like I was only playing on the second hardest difficulty. And I thought, OK, I'm going to be able to get through this game second hardest difficulty because i cranked it up because medium wasn't hard enough like i kept leaving every fight with full health and full armor and i was like i don't feel like i should be leaving these fights are as intense enough where i feel like i should be leaving them like with like within an inch of my life <laughs> so i cranked it up and that's exactly the challenge i wanted for the rest of the game but then i got to the boss battles and there's two boss battles there's one with an angelic figure who's floating around the whole time. And so the only way to do damage to her is, well, first you gotta just shoot her until her shield's down. But if you don't keep the damage up consistently, she regenerates her whole shield if you're not doing damage after like 15 seconds or so. So that got a little bit annoying once I realized that. And so then once I just kept the damage up on her consistently, once that shield goes down, she opens herself up for you to take out the super shotgun, use the meat hook to grapple to her, and then just punch her in the face. Um, and you have to do that five times <laughs> in order for her to die. And all that is totally fine. Not an issue. But then she starts turning half of the arena into lava. So you have to figure out which part of the arena is going to like damage you if you walk on it. 
And I never got down that. I never got down that uh, pattern. Like it was always, okay, I'm on the bottom floor shooting at her. And then she turns the whole bottom floor to lava. And I'm like, Christ, let me get up here real quick. And then that would take out half of my health just from the ground itself. So really what I feel like they should have done for that boss fight is if you're going to turn the ground into lava, okay, maybe don't have it take out like I have 200 health. Don't let it take out 50 health every second. Like that's just really punishing. Like maybe crank it down a little bit more to where I have a couple seconds to like realize what's going on and then leave. Don't make it instantaneous. Or maybe even better than that, you can keep the damage the same, but just telegraph it a little bit more. Like have the ground glow before it turns into lava to say, hey, you better get the hell up out of here. Because I didn't really see that that telegraphing point and that probably would have saved me a lot of headache because I ended up, what they do in Doom Eternal if you die too often at a single encounter They'll offer you Sentinel armor, which will just make the game not easier. It'll just give you like this armor that greatly decreases your uh, your damage being done to your character. So then you can finally like have time to get these shots off and do all that stuff. So I died enough times to where it said, hey, do you want the Sentinel armor? And I was like, no, I'm not taking it. And so then I died again. And I was like, all right, fine, I'm taking it. <laughs> that that reminds me of what they, what they did in RE4. In the locker yeah. room. Wait, what? They had a mechanic like that in RE4? Sort of. Uh, I, I, you yeah. remember? You remember the water room? Um, the water room. I'm trying to remember that one. Is that the one with the boss fight with like Salazar transforming into the big mutant thing? Uh, no, it's the area where you walk in. The, uh, there are doors on the left and the right, and yet you're trying. You have to get. You have to, you have to uh, mm-hmm. turn a switch, like a handle, like turn a crank. Yeah. And and uh, are you trying to protect Ashley that time where she's being carried by all these guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember what you're talking about. I think it was either the the remaster on on the con- on like last gen consoles, or the or just I think like in general in the game with that, with every like with every version. Hmm. If you die too much, they they would like lower the difficulty in terms of how many people would be there. Yeah, yeah, that is true. They did have dynamic difficulty, but I I think I think Resident Evil Four probably does it in a better way than Doom Eternal because in Doom Eternal, if it's getting too hard, they just make it harder for you to die. In RE Four, if it's getting too hard, they just take out like one or two enemies here just to make it so where there's just one less threat for you to have to worry about. Um, which makes it feel, cause that's the thing, man. I think that difficulty in RE4 is really good because it just makes it feel like, all right, instead of it being like an easy mode, which that armor kind of feels like, you still feel like you got through that encounter. Like it, it, it doesn't feel like, oh, we have to make you better to get the game. The game just like brings itself down to your level. So you don't feel like you're having to be brought down in order to beat the game. Like the game changes rather than the player changing. So I, I I like that system a little bit more. I don't know how Doom could have done that, especially for these boss battles, because what you're gonna remove a phase from the boss battle? Like that doesn't seem too hard. Uh or that doesn't seem too viable. Um but in any case, that that was the first battle. That took me a while, but the Sentinel armor got me through. But then you get to the next boss battle. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> 
it was so hard. So, like I said, there were three missions in this final stretch. The, the first mission didn't have a boss battle. Second mission was the boss battle I just said. Then I got through a whole other mission, got to the end of that, and I had to fight the Icon of Sin. Oh my god. <laughs> this one, it took me a while to understand how to beat it. But, and this one took like, I think this boss battle alone took 45 minutes for me to figure out. Because there were two different phases, and the way you have to fight him is, it's like a giant, basically. So think like a huge titan type thing, or a colossus, like that type of size. And you're on the side of a skyscraper, and he's just like on the edge of it, just throwing his fist downs on top of you, uh, throwing fire at you, all this stuff. But the thing he'll do is, depending on which part of the arena you're on, he'll have a different attack. So if you're going to chill out in the back corner, he's going to slam his fist down, and it will... It does damage, but it also slingshots you across the arena. Like, God forbid you're in the middle of the air when he hits that fist, because it's it's going to bounce you off the skyscraper, potentially, and then you lose, like, 10% of your health. So it's like, oh, man, I got to watch out for that. And then if you stay on the bottom floor too long, he'll just take out his hands and shoot fire, and then the whole floor, the whole bottom floor is fire. And if you stay on the top row too long, he'll shoot out lasers from his head that just hone on you. So it really forces you to not get comfortable. You cannot stay in one spot for too long because he will change up his tactics. Um, and then while he's doing all of that, you have to take out, it's not just one weak spot that you gotta take out. You have to take out the armor that's on his, he has two chest plates, he has a stomach plate, he has triceps, biceps, <laughs> and uh, his head. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, eight pieces of armor that you have to break off. And then the hard part is, once you break off that armor, you're not doing damage if you hit the parts that you've broken off. You can only take off the armor in this phase, and then later you actually do damage to the level underneath the armor. So it's really difficult to be like, all right, I took off his chest pieces, I can't shoot there anymore, I have to shoot him in the stomach. Or I have to shoot him in the arm. Like, And then once I got down to like the final armor piece, it was like, all right. Let's go. And I finally took down, I saved the head for last because I was like, the head's one of the biggest targets on there. Finally took that out, couldn't aim anywhere else but that. And then a whole nother phase started where I had to do the same thing, but on his actual flesh. And I'm like, oh my God. And it really sucks because he likes to put his arms down when he's not attacking. So if his arms are down, you can't shoot his hand, which has a piece that you have to take off. So you have to wait for him to attack and then try to dodge the attack at the same time targeting the, the place where the attack is coming out of. It is a lot. <laughs> and that first phase, I was fine. But that second phase, I needed the Sentinel armor just to get through it. Um, and it really broke my heart, too, because I got right to the edge of almost having him down like i had literally like a sliver of health on him left on that last body part and just as i'm like trying to aim for it his hand goes back down and so i'm like christ what am i gonna do and the entire time while he's doing this it's not just him on the arena it's a full arena with all the other enemies you've played throughout the entire game like the marauder which is the hardest enemy in the game that people have said like the one with the magic shield and the uh and the axe and the holographic dog He's on the level, you got a bunch of Macubuses on the level, you got pain elementals, you got all of the regular, really difficult enemies in a regular arena, and the boss to have to deal with. It is so much to juggle at once. <laughs> and it's not it's not to the it's not to the fault of the game. It, this is supposed to be like the ultimate challenge. It is the final boss. But up until that point, you're used to 
whenever you get into a regular arena, you're used to, okay, I got to use all my weapons to take care of these guys. And the challenge is always the enemies. And you use health. You use the enemies to get health back. In this final boss fight, you were the challenge wasn't the enemies. The challenge was supposed to be the boss. And the arena kind of shows you that because there's there's a bunch of instant kill weapons in the game. Like, of course, you have your chainsaw that can take out a lot of that can take out a lot of enemies in one hit. But there's like three notches of gasoline in there. So some enemies like the big mancupuses and the pain elementals, those take all three of your gasoline charges to take out with the chainsaw. Um, but regular enemies only take one. Then they also give you like this laser sword that just kills enemies in one hit. Uh, I actually got that. I think I got that on stream in the first time I had streamed it. Um, I had collected that and then I was using that on some enemies. And then also they give you blood punches, which I had two of by the end of the game, which is basically just like a supercharged punch that you can just use on any enemy. And you, you earn that and you charge that up by doing other glory kills and stuff. Um, that final arena with the boss, it actually had pickups for your laser sword. It had pickups for your blood punches. It had pickups for your chainsaw. So they're kind of encouraging you to, oh yeah, all these enemies that are normally the main threat, use all of your power weapons on them and then go focus back on the boss. Like it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, but even when I did figure that out, that wasn't enough to make me get good. So I needed that sentinel armor. <laughs> so after dying enough times, I did use the sentinel armor, but overall though, Doom Eternal is a lot of fun. I really do think that combat is superior to the original game. Um, it was very satisfying. It it's not even very satisfying. It makes you feel when you when you get through a combat encounter that was kicking your ass in Doom Eternal, it makes you feel accomplished more so than because in 2016 you beat a combat encounter, you're like, oh man, I shot everything real good. In this one. It feels like you're being mental, mentally stimulated a little bit more because you have to keep track of the armor. You have to keep track of your health. You have to keep track of all your ammo because you run out of ammo. You can't do any damage. You better take your chainsaw out. And if you've collected all the gasoline on the level, you're just screwed. So you have to really min-max everything. Um, and I was really proud. I didn't use... They give you the BFG, which is pretty much just a wind gun. Like, you just shoot this big laser. It kills everything and... You know, you just clean up the aftermath. I didn't use that gun until the final phase of the final boss. <laughs> so I felt really good about that. Um, I, I used it multiple times. I just kept shooting the boss with it, hope, hoping I would take something out. But um, yeah, Doom Eternal is a really, really good time, dude. Like, I recommend people play that game. Uh, it's on Stadia, <laughs> which I don't know. I feel like I should say because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are trying Stadia out right now. But um, yeah, it's a it's a damn solid game. Definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, I'm glad I picked it back up. I don't know why I dropped it because it was a lot of fun. But yeah, Doom Eternal hits. That's the that's the main game that I've been playing this week. Pretty much um, got another one I'll talk about in a little bit. But I wanted to open the floor to see if you had another game on your side, Al, or if you had anything else to say about Doom Eternal either. Doom Eternal sounds like it's a a very intense anxiety attack or panic attack it, it it's less of a panic attack because when things are going bad you don't have time to think because if you start if you start panicking in the middle of combat you are usually dead before you can respond to that panic <laughs> like as soon as you're like oh god i'm about to die that's usually when i die <laughs> as soon as i say that you could actually watch the stream there's plenty of times 
there's plenty of times where both have happened where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then I just explode before I get the words out. But then there are some times where I'm like, oh, God, this is it, guys. This is it. And then I trigger a glory kill right in time just to get health back. Um, yes, it's high stress. I'll say that. It is definitely high stress and... But it's also high reward. So if you can if you can get if you can get down with that, I highly recommend it. That's all I can really say though. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, Doom Eternal, it hits. Uh is there any other game that you've been playing uh this week? Yeah, do you mind if I mention two because it's sort of like a little bit of playing a little bit of both? Oh yeah, go ahead, man. That's no problem. So speaking of tactics. Hmm, okay. I bet. I, I already know. Gears Tactics? Yeah, I uh downloaded it on from game like on Game Pass uh yesterday. Nice. I've actually been I've been looking at a lot of videos and stuff of Gears Tactics, and while I don't think I'm gonna play it, I'm interested. So tell me about this one. So the game takes your you play as uh Kate's father. Hmm. Oh yeah, Kate Diaz from Gears Five, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on his first name, but yeah. Uh, mm, they probably call him Diaz a bunch in the game, so it's probably fine. The I like I only played the I played like the first level, so hmm. character okay. named Sid shows up. Oh boy, City Sid Sid, and you have to you have to leave the motor pool where there's a whole bunch of soldiers waiting to like very nervously. Like, wait, hoping, like, just hoping to survive. I can imagine. <laughs> Much like life. And you have to get to Prescott's office or building. Oh, the Prescott from Gears yeah, well, 3? The game opens with, like, with, like, uh, I think either Diaz or Prescott doing, like, talking about, or basically exposition. Hmm. Okay. And it goes from like a beautiful, this beautiful, unreal graphics to the way videos look, tend to look in Gears, like video playback. Oh, where it's like pre-rendered and everything. Yeah. Eh, not ideal, but understandable, I guess. I mean, no, no. I mean, like, um, when characters inside the like in the game are looking at videos. Oh, where it's all like digitized and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get you. And yeah, I chose to use a key like a uh, Xbox controller, hmm. while rather than mouse and keyboard. Yeah, figured that would make more sense anyway. You would think, right? Yeah, and I'm surprised they didn't release. They haven't released it on Xbox One. Yeah, I heard about that too. That seems strange, but I imagine for a tactics game, you probably do want the lead platform to be PC. <laughs> Yeah, cons- I mean, considering everything with Halo Wars mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, go head-to-head to XCOM. <laughs> so, this game is very Overwatch. Not Overwatch. Uh, this game is very XCOM. Yeah, I was about to say, you probably do a lot of Overwatching in it. <laughs> that I, I spent a lot of time just getting going, like, taking cover, going into Overwatch. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. There's nothing, and like I got, I was recording gameplay of the first, like the from the beginning to, I wanted to get the whole level, but I mm-hmm. kind of screwed up, and uh, Diaz was downed. Jesus. And by the time I, like I, 
basically an emergence hole it opened up. Hmm. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Hopefully he had an aid ready. That's that's the thing. I tried like I tried um like blowing it up, but instead Sid just ran to the like ran right to the hole and just st- stood there. <laughs> okay. That that AI is doing something fierce. <laughs> not necessarily not the AI more like more like the uh the control like the controls. Oh, okay. Because the analog stick, the left analog stick is basically the mouse cursor. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's ideal, but I understand it. So I decided to, so I just said screw it. I'll kill the recording. I re, re- reloaded to the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And the whole point, the whole impetus of the game, yeah, is to kill a locust geneticist. Locust genesis is that a new creature? No, I mean a locust geneticist. Oh, geneticist. Okay, okay, yeah, I understand. Where he makes the monsters, pretty much. That's actually what Prescott says: a monster who makes monsters. Oh, <laughs> that's a good PR line. Uh, um, yeah, I feel that. Huh. So it seems like uh, the combat and everything is uh, pretty solid. And Well, you said you only played the first level. Is it, I mean, is the first level good enough to make you want to keep playing? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have, part of me wants to keep playing, but the other part of me wants to try Chimera Squad. Huh. That is a good question. Cause you, you're a big XCOM fan from the Enemy Unknown and 2, right? Yeah. Okay. It seems like, from what I've heard about Chimera Squad, because I haven't played it myself, well, first off, you probably want to, if you're thinking about playing it at all, it's on promotional price right now. I think oh, today... I, I already bought it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, I figured you would have bought it already, but I did want to give that heads up. Yeah, like, uh, Connor mentioned that like he, he's, he basically sold me on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, def- saying how it... it mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's more forgiving than XCOM 2. Yes, that's what actually has me interested in it, because as someone who hasn't beaten Enemy Unknown, because it beat my face into the dirt a little bit much, um, I would love to play a game like that, but it's not as punishing. Yeah, I, it, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't think of XCOM, like, like Enemy Unknown, without thinking of the Giant Bomb video of Riker Luck. Uh, mm, I, I'm not familiar with that video, but part of me wants to think that it's going... That it's related to a 99% hit missing or something like that. No, it's actually quite the opposite. It's like a 30 to 40% chance of a hit. Huh. Killing the the main, like, like killing the guy, like, the main villain and ending the game. Wow. That's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> I gotta see if there's video of that. Um, yeah, it's it's in the uh, Best Giant Bomb video called uh, titled Game of Skill, which is... It was um, a tribute to Dan Reichert. Game of skill. All right, yeah, I'm watching that one. Yeah, where he has the eye patch. All right, that's in my watch later. Um, but yeah, that sounds incredible. I'm sure they all flipped out. Um, but yeah, it. If you're thinking about the difference between Chimera and Gears Tactics, it definitely seems like Chimera. Actually, both games seem like they take a little bit from 
X from the original XCOM 2 and Enemy Unknown, but like strip away a lot of stuff. Because even Chimera, it sounds like, oh, there's no there's no strategy layer of like, oh, I got to build research here and build development here and building out your whole base and budgeting that stuff. It doesn't seem like there's anything of that level in Chimera Squad, but it also seems like Gears Tactics doesn't have much to do outside of the actual tactics on the ground, um, where a lot of that is just managing your soldiers and their gear and all that stuff. So I I don't know what to say. It seems, I'll say one thing. Gears Tactics looks a lot more polished than what I've been seeing of uh, Chimera Squad. So that might be a big factor. Uh, and then for people out there who haven't already bought all the games that they want in the light in in the world, um, Chimera Squad is by the time they're listening to this, Chimera Squad is going to be twenty bucks, and Gears Tactics is on Game Pass, so another big deal. Uh, Gears you, Tactics is also sixty, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know who developed uh, Gears Tactics? That is a great question. Um, let me look that Splash up right damage. now. Wait, what? Really? Splash damage developers of Brink. <laughs> I was just talking. Actually, you know what? That does make sense. Because I was talking about Brink on Twitter about a week or two ago. And I was like, thank God they're still alive just doing, you know, side hustle stuff for Gears. And so it does make sense that they're working on that. I just wouldn't have pegged the developers of not just Brink, but also like Dirty Bomb and a bunch of other random shooters of making a tactics game. A, pretty, a damn good one at that from the reviews I've been seeing. So, huh. I mean, good yeah. for them. Diversifying uh, and all. The last the last single player or the last IP they did that wasn't Microsoft related was uh, the Batman Arkham Origins multiplayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing that. That was even that had a lot of shooting elements too. Well, all these games have shooter elements if they're working with because I know they did stuff for Halo too. So they did stuff for Halo, Doom Three, Wolfenstein. Wait, did they work on like Wolfenstein twenty eight two thousand eight? No, they worked on uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that the multiplayer at least. Yeah, I remember them. I remember watching, I think, People Make Games or something where they talked about, where they asked Splash Damage about, um, actually, that's a funny story. Long story short, there was like a weapon in in the game, in Return of Castle Wolfenstein. In the multiplayer, there was like this really powerful weapon that everyone would use. And so they were like, all right, let's see what's wrong with it. And then they looked at the weapon and it didn't do any more, because they had two different sides, you know, allied forces and Axis forces. And they had the same... They had a similar machine gun on both sides, but everyone swore up and down that the MP40 was stronger. And then they looked at it, and they both did the same damage. It was just the sound effect sounded punchier in the MP5. <laughs> so they said, let's uh, let's give the other gun the same sound effect. And then everyone said, okay, now it's balanced. <laughs> so, yeah, splash damage. Interesting history on that one. Mainly multiplayer stuff all the way to a Gears Tactics game. Never would have thought it, but good for them, man. I'm glad they're alive, honestly. After Brink and some of these other games and Arkham Asylum's multiplayer, or not Arkham Asylum, Arkham Origins multiplayer, like, it's good to see them still have work and at least still be doing some interesting things. So, yeah, good for them. But, yeah, overall, I mean, what's the other game you had played? Because I know you were going to talk about a second game in addition to Gears Tactics. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, so you finally did uh, hop into that one. Yeah. Hmm. So how's that one treating you? So I I only got I only put in about an hour and a half. Hmm. 
Okay. Does that mean you've... I don't... Man, I feel like you... If Actually, just let me know how you think about it <laughs> before I go start assuming things. Uh, I really like it. Oh, okay. That's good. Are, are you someone who played the original game? No, I never. Or yeah. the only experience I have with... Uh, with uh, Final Fantasy is six. Hmm. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed Final Fantasy six. I don't hear too many people talk about that one. Gee, Willikers. Well, in that case, I mean, I'm also someone who never played the original Final Fantasy seven. So, if you're enjoying it, maybe that bodes well for me trying to try it out later. I mean, what exactly is it? Is it just the production value, combat? Like, what? What about it? Are you digging? I so. The whole cast of characters so far, and I base everything I've done bit is everything that was in the demo plus the aftermath. Mm-hmm. So like going to the Mako reactor and trying to blow it up. Okay, it's all good stuff. Wow, sorry, I just saw something on Twitter just now. <laughs> uh, I'll address that in a minute. Um, long story short, MobileCon is going to be digital this year, and that's weird. Um, but in any case, as you were saying, so like, I ever since the game got released, I, all I'd heard about like was, uh, Jesse is very thirsty. <laughs> I've heard that low key about every character. Not not gonna lie. Well, with her, it's it's just she wears it on her sleeve. <laughs> Does she wear sleeves? That's a good question. <laughs> I thought I feel like her costume is sleeveless. You know what? We have the internet in front of us. How about that? DC final. Also, I was just thinking about. Actually, that's a non sequitur. I'm just gonna. Jesse Raspberry. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that's her name. Her last name is a fruit. Why? All right. This is 1990s sensibilities. Oh yeah, she does have sleeves. She just has very long gauntlets gloves she she has sleeves long story short they're just very short and the original jesse looks nothing like her remastered version actually there's some comparisons but very different is that final fantasy 14 because these graphics look too good to be playstation 1 i don't know i'm speculating at this point but yeah i've that's one thing i've been seeing a lot about final fantasy 7 because i haven't played it yet um, but a lot of people are really freaking out about all these characters and there's like, people are thirsting over every character. I mean, Tifa, Sephiroth, Cloud. I've seen a lot of love for Barrett, which I am so surprised by. <laughs> like from what I know of Barrett from the original game, he seems like very much so a two dimensional stereotype, but like in this new game, they fleshed him out a lot apparently and it's wild. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, this is. This is new territory for this franchise, as far as I know, at least. Yeah, like the, the, like the first, the first hour or so, he is very much that stereotype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he starts melting down his exterior a little bit and starts to show the real, <laughs> the real Barrett. I don't know why that sounded so funny. The real Barrett Wednesdays on NBC. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, and it mm-hmm. the. Like certain members of the voice, like certain voice, oh, voice actors are sounding familiar. Like are sounding familiar. Yeah, I know that they. Um, Wedge. Yeah. Wedge, I already, already knew that. That's Matt Jones from uh, Breaking Bad. 
they got Breaking Bad actors in this game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's that's very impressive. The I, I don't know who the actor is who does the the voice of uh, Biggs. He also sounds familiar. Yeah, like from some from some mm. from something. Probably most likely either from another game or some TV show. You you don't get too many like movie actors in these games outside of like you know your. Well, here's the thing. I don't in my head. I know Final Fantasy VII remake is a big big deal. But in my head, I didn't really think of it as like being like this crazy mainstream thing until last night I was upstairs trying to figure out how to fix my parents' printer. Um, I saw a TV ad for Final Fantasy VII on like FX while they were watching a movie. I was like, wow, they're really going all out. Like, I didn't think there were going to be national television ads on random channels that I wouldn't have thought. Actually, gamers probably watch FX. That's similar demographic. In any case, I was still surprised to see like this anime ass game be advertised on television in that way. So, okay, yeah. I uh, just looked it up. Gideon Emery. Ooh, wait, that name sounds familiar. What else is he in? He's been he's been in virtually everything. He was in. <laughs> uh, I think I think he was in Advanced Warfare. See, I was just thinking about Advanced Warfare because I was thinking of. Uh, Kevin Spacey, who was in, who was in that uh, the one with Troy Baker. I know Kevin Spacey's kind of taboo now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So he has done a lot of stuff. So it seems like they're definitely using some people that are well for a game as high profile as this. They're definitely going to be using some people who are not just experienced, but also probably well known and prominent in their field. So yeah, that's good stuff. So I mean. Between this and Gears Tactics, do you think are you gonna like juggle both of these for the next few weeks, or you think one's gonna take over? I have a strong feeling that I'm gonna either dive deep into Final Fantasy VII, as many others have before, <laughs> or I may just try to dual, dual task Final Fantasy VII and uh, Old Republic. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that might be interesting. Uh, let me ask this question real quick, just for my personal con- question. Um, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, everyone's been talking about the combat system and how fun it is and how great it is. I have the demo still installed that I haven't touched yet, so I could find this out very easily, I'm sure. Is the combat more hack and slashy, or is it more, like, ta- tactics-y? Because from what I've seen in gameplay and stuff, it looks like it's hack and slash, but then they open up a menu, and then it seems like I have to select things and juggle a bunch of, like, stats and stuff. So what was it, in just in the beginning hours that you've played, uh, how do you feel on it? So there's, I'm not sure it's, it's like this in the demo, but there are options for either the difficulty options. Yeah. There's either easy, classic, or normal. Hmm. <laughs> Easy, classic, or normal. Classic must be the hard one, then. Yeah, and... Like, when it comes to tactics, like, tactician stuff... Mm-hmm. You can, you can like, strategize. Hmm, okay. That sounds doable. It seems like you can strategize, but it's not about the strategy aspect. Yeah. Okay. That definitely seems a little bit manageable. Um, I definitely, cause the thing I'm worried about, cause I'm, because people are talking about this game so much and are hyping it up so much, I'm thinking of giving it a shot, uh, which is kind of hard to say, cause I 
literally on the last episode talked about how I bought all of Kingdom Hearts. So if I'm doing an anime game, I need to do one at a time. But I am thinking about it and just I really hope it's more of a hack and slash type gameplay feel rather than a, okay, let me launch this this attack and this attack. And then, oh, I got to plan this out. Like, I, how far ahead do I have to think? I, I like to that's one of the reasons I like Doom Eternal so much, because it's not always about the preparation before the battle. It's about in the moment. Can you make decisions under pressure? And I like that gameplay style a little bit more than the tactical stuff. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you stick with it. Hopefully it ends up treating you well. And uh, I guess we'll check back in to see if it is actually as good as people have said, <laughs> according to you anyway. All right, then. And so from there, we're going to go as I type in my notes. I'm trying to keep notes, y'all. So things are a little bit better for the uh, for the descriptions and everything. Um, remake. And so now that we've gone through the what you're playing section, we're going to go ahead and get to the primary section of the show where we talk about this week, Assassin's Creed. So, yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla just came or not just came out. Oh, my God. If it just came out, that would be. Oh, my God. I'd be freaking out right now. But um, we just got your initial trailer. Um, we're going to get probably bigger news than Assassin's Creed. We're going to get uh, gameplay for Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla and a whole bunch of other third party next gen games next week. Thanks to Xbox announcing their thing. Um, I don't, you saw that, too, right? Yeah. Uh- I, I just like I, I got my stimulus uh money today. Ooh, wow, nice. And so you're thinking about where to use it? <laughs> yeah, because like normally I'd I would have used the whole thing to get both consoles. But are you thinking of like dropping one in favor of the other? Well I had to pay pay back uh my parents or something. Oh, okay. Good call, good call. So like I'm now left with six hundred dollars. Hmm. And that's probably going to be just just enough money to get one of these consoles and maybe a game and controller. So, yeah, like uh, part of me want wants to get like an like a Series X because of the smart delivery system. Mm hmm. Like which Valhalla will be will be. Yeah, it will have smart delivery. We've talked about that on a prior episode. But yeah, but then then another part of me wants to get uh, the the next PlayStation because of the MLB stuff. <laughs> well, MLB is going to be on everything at that point, so I know, but where is it going to play best? Yeah. Hmm. I I still think it's going to be fine no matter where you play it. The I'm I'm more interested to see what the PS5 stuff is going to be cuz the thing we're excited about with Xbox Series X is all the stuff they've announced around it. Like sure we don't have too many launch titles and games that are actually going to play on it. And we'll find that stuff out next week. But we know smart delivery is coming. We know how their hard drive is going to work. We know all of their special features that make this console different. And with the Game Pass and everything that's over there, it already sounds super appealing. We know... I actually tweeted about this because when Xbox made their little tweet about this uh, May 7th event where they're going to show off some Series X games, I quote tweeted that and said, LOL, we still don't know what a PS5 looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It's just we have so little information on what the PS5 is to where I don't blame you for eyeing the Xbox Series X um, because it looks like an appealing package all around from just a little we know about it. PS5, we know next to nothing still after all this time. So 
Lord only knows when we'll find out anything. I'm hoping it's soon. Um, but <laughs> rumor is Jason Schreier actually responded to a tweet of someone asking, when is PlayStation going to do something? He said, apparently, a couple more weeks, which is going to really suck. <laughs> like, God, that's just going to be really rough if we have to wait, God forbid, until like July to find out any information. But in any case, uh, hopefully that that one is solved pretty easily by what we find out in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, this this Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff seems super exciting. Um, and we're going to find gameplay and stuff next week. But in the meantime, um, well, first off, before we start, because what we're going to do is just kind of talk about the series in general, list a couple of our favorite games, our top three Assassin's Creed games. That's the main thing. But because Valhalla just happened, I mean, do we want to give some impressions, some thoughts, some opinions, expectations? Like, you have any thoughts on that Valhalla footage that we saw? The pre-rendered, of course, but just what we're expecting from the news we know so far? I, I generally do not know what to, like what to think of it still hmm like you don't know if you like it or not yeah i mean i joked saying that i will only buy it if i can name my hero uh volcor <laughs> uh i don't know if you can name any hero in this game you can change your gender though that is still a feature which i appreciate but i don't know are you just waiting to see a little bit more about the actual game proper yeah okay I think that's fair. That's probably the best way to look at it, especially considering, you know, we live in this age of, you know, you it's it's a good idea to not trust anything until you get the gameplay. So just in general, that's probably the best idea. Um, but I'll say for me, I am very interested in it where like I, I'm still going to play Odyssey. I'm still interested in playing Odyssey. And I just reinstalled Origins just to play some of the season pass stuff I never touched. But the the main thing about Valhalla that I think is going to hold me up is the fact that I'm a technically one and a half Assassin's Creed behind because I have all the DLC for Origins that I need to play. And I actually picked up the season pass when I bought uh, Odyssey. So I got all that stuff to do. Uh, I never played three. So that remaster looks appealing. Also, Liberation is remastered. Also, Rogue I haven't touched. Like there's plenty of Assassin's Creed. I could play before I get to Valhalla, so I'm not in any rush for it. But as far as the game itself, it looks super, it just looks interesting, man. Like that combination of like seeing Vikings, because we've all seen Norse mythology in a lot of games. Like you got Skyrim, you got God of War 2018. We've seen that a lot. And to, honestly, that aesthetic is kind of like mad to me right now. But I like how, just from what I've been hearing about Valhalla, it seems like they're trying to ground the Norse mythology and just Norse mythos in general. They're trying to ground it a little bit more. And an example that uh, I saw, I was watching a reaction to the trailer from uh, Kind of Funny. And what Greg Miller over there said is that in Odyssey, they had some missions where it was like, oh, you got to go take out the, the Cyclops. And instead of like a fantastical creature, it ended up just being a really tall guy who only had one eye. Like that sounded interesting. So I'm curious to see how they transfer some of those more fantastical elements of Nordic uh, origin to see how they ground it and make it a little bit different. Um, and also I some. Mean, of, yeah, go ahead. The thing that caught my eye during the, tra the, the, the trailer was or the gameplay mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, just the trailer <laughs> was the Odin bit. Yeah, Odin's with us, that whole thing. Where you can clearly see someone and then just 
turns into a, a raven. Yeah, I'm wondering who that could be, what that could be, because they have announced that it's still going to have that modern day element. So I'm wondering if there's like some, is that going to be tied into the modern day element stuff? Or honestly, I saw a beard under a hood and I thought Ezio instantly. So that's kind of, I don't think that's possible because this is, this is the dark ages still, I believe. So Ezio wouldn't be alive or even old, but the mm, crazier things have happened in Assassin's Creed. Something could pop off. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, in any case, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I just want to see. This isn't gonna be one that I'm like gonna pre-order right now, but especially, oh my god, especially as we we didn't mention it on this show yet. But Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima both got dates recently, and the Last of Us date is like six days before Battle for Bikini Bottom. So, and I got collector's editions on those already strapped. So. I got plenty to play this year. I don't know if Valhalla is going to be another game that I'm going to prioritize for this year, but it looks really cool. It sounds really cool that you're going to be building a village up and managing that stuff. And it's going to occur. Oh, God. <laughs> my, <laughs> my desk almost clicked down. That was really scary because <laughs> I have, you know, those little wheel things that you pull out your keyboard and then you, your mouse is on there, too. Yeah. I have one of those, but the wheels fell out of it a long time ago, so it's kind of just slid in there, and sometimes it just, like, jiggles. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, please don't do that in the middle of the show. That would suck. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, I really do look forward to it. And like I said, the stuff building up your village and everything sounds cool. It, re- it encouraging you to return to your village and talk to those characters, build different structures, and you know, tattoo parlors and beard customization, all that stuff sounds cool. And the fact you can play as a lady Viking, I actually really enjoy because I really like the tomboy vibes I get for Cassandra because I haven't played Odyssey yet. But I like those tomboy vibes and seeing the Viking, the female Viking in Valhalla just goes into that, into that direction even more. So I'm like, yo, that's going to be fucking cool. I love badass female characters. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I know it's the most generic thing to say, but like, I love that shit. I'll eat it with a spoon. So I'm interested in the game overall. Um, but in any case, uh, is there anything else you want to say about Valhalla before we go into these older Assassin's Creed's? I, I know it's not, this isn't going to happen. It's just me like with, it's just, I've seen it and I don't want to see it, see anything like it, anything even remotely like it again. Hmm. I hope th- that there's nothing even akin to Fallout 4. Ooh. Oh, you mean like with settlement building? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... From the sound of it, it doesn't sound like they're going to go in that direction where it's literally like, build build this, craft this. Like It sounds more like, oh, you've hit this story point. Now you have a tattoo parlor with a new character. Oh, you've hit this, and so now you have this. It sounds like... It sounds more segmented than that, where I don't think they're trying to develop a settlement system so that they can make a whole multiplayer game about it that's Rust-influenced, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll just see. We got a week from now, we'll find out, so we'll see what actually happens. But um, as for Assassin's Creed as a whole, as a franchise, uh, I just wanted to go through and talk a little bit about some of our favorite games in the entire series. Um, I got my top three list right here, and I'm going to suggest that we just go down. We start from number three, and then we go to our number one. 
Um, so I, I'll go ahead and kick this off since I asked you for the first game earlier in the segment or in the last segment. So I'll go ahead and start. Assassin's Creed 2 is my number three favorite Assassin's Creed game. Um, I don't is Assassin's Creed 2 on your list at all? You can wait no. to get to it. Oh, it's not. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I expected it to be. Uh, but in any case, Assassin's Creed 2, I really like Assassin's Creed 2 mainly because, uh, sure, I love Ezio, and that was our introduction introduction to Ezio, but I liked how, as the game got further into the story, you could see some of the weird stuff that was happening, where the, not necessarily the modern day timeline, but just the fact that you know, the animus and all that weird sci-fi technology, the fact it was making its way into the past, into that setting, I thought was really cool. All the stuff with the Apple of Eden, when you're actually using it, you know, in the actual time period, I thought all that stuff was neat. You know, the final boss battle where, you know, they're talking through Ezio to Desmond. I thought that stuff was really cool. Uh, and also the thing I love about Assassin's Creed 2, also, I really liked how you build up your, your, I think you say it Villa or Willa, if you want to do the Latin pronunciation, um, but how you build up your Villa in Assassin's Creed 2 and you could just make all these different stores. And by the end of the game, you could go back to your Villa and just buy all of the paintings available in the game, buy all the costumes, just buy all the weapons. I eventually bought everything in that game you could because I just had so much money. And then your and then all the shops there continue to generate money over time as you play. So by the end of the game, you just are a millionaire. Um, so yeah, lots of love about Assassin's Creed 2. And a big thing I also loved is every now and then, of course, there was a lot of combat. Combat was fine in Assassin's Creed 2. Climbing and stuff was fine. I really loved some missions where it was like, I think there was a suit of armor that required you to get different uh, crest pieces around the world. In order to get to those crests, you'd had to find these underground caves and, I don't know, things to climb. It was like this big, massive thing, almost like the older Tomb Raider games, where it was literally, back when Tomb Raider was primarily just about climbing, and then you shot people maybe 10% of the time, but then you climbed for 90%. It really reminded me of that type of stuff, where it was very calm, very relaxing, and it was just about, all right, you got to get up there. How are you going to get up there? You got to find the right path to go up. I really liked a lot of that stuff, and that stuff was super rewarding to me. So, yeah, Assassin's Creed 2, one of my favorites. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you pitch off to your third game. Mine is Odyssey. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I see you've played Odyssey. I feel like Odyssey would be up there for me, too. But uh, in any case, why why you dig Odyssey so much? Mainly due to the fact that you could just go anywhere you want. Mm. So it seems like the freedom in that one was just blown wide open. Yeah. And, like, an example of just a certain thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I got to... Uh, what, where's, uh, which is the first... Yeah. The first, uh, not the first, like, the place you start out with. The first destination you, you have to go to. <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, I I want to say Greece, but it's probably not Greece. Uh, let me see. We'll, we'll type that into Google real quick. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey first destination. How about that? We'll see if that leads us anywhere. 
<laughs> nope. Uh, I don't know. Regions. I am not sure the answer to that question because I did not play Odyssey. So, uh, in any case, just the second location. We could just call it that probably. Is so, it Kef- Kefalonia? Uh, Kefalonia is the area. Oh, Me- Megartus. Or Megaris. Yeah, Megaris. Bingo. So, in that time, in the time I was there, I was get I was getting pursued by a bounty hunter. Oh, how fun! <laughs> and I then decided to to get him like to to get like a, get a vantage point on him, so mm-hmm. I could then unleash uh, like a whole flurry of arrows on him. Yeah, that's definitely that's how you do it. <laughs> you know exactly how to play that game. Just execute him. Well, well I didn't. I didn't do that. Oh wait, am I mixing it up? You got the arrow shot at you? No, I no. I mean, I shot the arrows. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I got, I re- recruited him to my ship. Oh, okay. So you just know how to pick him then? <laughs> no, because when, when it happened, I'm like, "What? This can't be possible." Huh? I guess that. Hey, that's part of the freedom. It just allows you to do a whole bunch of wacky things in its sandbox, such as that. <laughs> and says, then, mm-hmm. and then I felt horrible after uh, killing. Or, or, like, the, um, the virus. Oh, wait, what? You're not talking about real life, are you? No, no, not, not that, <laughs> not this horrible virus. Yeah. The even worse one that's in Odyssey. Uh, I didn't. Kefalonia. I did not know there was a virus in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, there's a sickness that apparently if you, if you don't, uh, the, uh, the protagonist has like a a kid friend. Hmm. Oh, okay. I remember seeing uh Cassandra play with some kid or something, talking to him or something like that. And th- like their one of their friends is and their family's village has been was like burned. Like burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. You can either let them be let the family be killed. Jeez. Or you extreme. can Yeah, and it's all because of like a quote unquote virus or sickness. Yeah. If you if you kill the people trying to kill the family, the virus will spread and have bad like dire consequences. Well, that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So it's like it it just puts a lot of difficult narrative choices onto you. Yeah. And I don't know why like I'm going to talk talk about one of the other ones or later, but the ship combat feels much more fun in Odyssey. Hmm. It looks more fast-paced, just from what yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I think that stuff is definitely... I don't know. More fast-paced combat, just in general, always tickles my fancy. But I remember playing... Um, what is it? Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. That ship combat felt very sluggish, and I think it was on purpose, but that's, like, that's the more common pinnacle of ship combat people talk about. But... I can imagine if they sped that up a little bit more, I would enjoy it. Because Origins wasn't half bad when I played it there. So, yeah, I definitely see how you could uh, think it's better there. Plus, with the freedom and everything, like you said, probably makes it more enjoyable overall. But, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, Anything else to talk about when it comes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, before we move on to the next one? Okay, perfect. Well, then, from one... From one choice of a female warrior or a male warrior, I'll go to the other one, which didn't make you choose between one. It gave you both. 
and that's Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, yeah. God damn it. Oh, that's one of yours. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to say what type. I, I guess we'll just both talk about it here since we both have it. But um, the reason it's on on my list is because I just really liked. I like the dichotomy between those two characters uh, where I forget their first names, but they were the Fry relatives. Uh, Jacob and Evie. Yeah, Jacob and Evie Fry. Thank you. Um, Yeah, both of them were just it was really fun seeing them interact with each other with the charismatic brash dude and the sly, more undercover uh, young lady and Evie. I really liked how they bounced back each other and their banter and all that stuff. And I really dug how. Uh, you probably remember this. You remember how they had that system in Syndicate where whenever you snuck around and let's say you had to like execute this one specific dude, you could do so in a bunch of different ways and it would highlight, oh, if you go here, it'll do like a special signature kill or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that stuff. Like I remember there was this one where you had to assassinate a king. I think it was a king. You had to assassinate a king, and it was really hard to get in there because, of course, he has a whole bunch of people there protecting him. But you could act like you were like one of his servants and bring in a prisoner, and then you just walk straight up to him, and he's like, "Let me see this prisoner you brought upon me." And then, as soon as he get close, as soon as he gets close to the prisoner to examine him, you can just leap on him and just kill him right there. And I was like, "Yo, that was really badass." And they had multiple missions like that. They had another one where it was like in a doctor's office too but um any case i really like that stuff and i think the parkour was on point there that's when it was still the automatic system where you just held a button and ran that i think that's the last version of that we had um yeah, because uh or mm-hmm. they took the the next year off and then gave us or we got origins yeah and origins is the one where you have to like press x to jump on everything which is fine but not the way that i would have liked but in any case, I really, really dug that game, and even the combat, man. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Assassin's Creed Syndicate is the best Batman game we've gotten this gen. Because <laughs> it really feels like, like even down to the grappling hook, you're using that to shoot yourselves onto parts of the architecture. Uh, the the stagecoaches felt a little bit like the Batmobile. Maybe not exactly. A little bit like the Batmobile, though. Uh, and the combat, just a hand-to-hand melee felt so much like Arkham Asylum. It was literally punch, punch, counter, punch, punch, counter. Like, that type of combat is really satisfying to me. And I think they had a perfect blend of it in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So, yeah, that's my uh, number two game. Uh, I guess you want to talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate 2 since we both been, since we both have it on our list. So, uh, what, what do you got to say about this one, man? So, it has a, it had a feature that I really wish would, like, bring, or not, not, not necessarily bring back, but bring like the old elements back mm. old elements like like which types the whole um taking over certain air like taking over areas of, of the map mm. oh like covering the territory that type of thing yeah hmm yeah i do remember that being a part of some older ones yeah that um, that's one of those satisfying things that they had in like far cry as well where you can eventually just clear out the whole map that that always feels really good for some reason, I really like the combat of Syndicate compared to 3, 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I'm right there with you. Probably because it feels like Batman a little bit, huh? Yeah, and is so set, like the kill like the kill system in that game is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it really is. Like, people, I know people just got so much fatigue when with Assassin's Creed by the time this came out, but man, it really is worth going back. 
hopefully this one gets remastered next gen because I think it deserves it. Yeah, I mean, the game really did not deserve it because it was a fine game. It's just that people were, as you said, too like too too fatigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only it was the other way and Unity came out in place of Syndicate and Syndicate came out in place of Unity, I think we'd be in a much different spot for Assassin's Creed all around. Like, they might not have taken that year off for Origins, which I wish they still did. I don't know. We might have still gotten to that conclusion just in a different way. Hmm. It's weird to think about. But yeah, any other uh, ooh, any other Syndicate things to talk about? Uh, No. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we both tag team on that one a little bit there. Um, so yeah, AC Syndicate, my number two. But do you have... Uh, wait, is your number two Syndicate or is it a different one? My number two is Syndicate. Wow, great timing. <laughs> so I guess we both got to talk about them without spoiling what our number one is. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, Assassin's Creed Syndicate is great. You can probably find it dirt cheap a lot of places. And yeah, actually... I'm pretty certain it was given away for free on Epic Game Store. Um, Syndicate. Can't spell it right. It was, I own it. What do I own it on? Yeah, it was given away on Epic Store. Yeah, so if you picked it up for free there, play it because it's good. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Um, you know what? Since since I jumped the gun on your number two, I'm going to let you go ahead and say your number one first since we both tag team that. So What's your number one Assassin's Creed game? Origins. Damn it! it mine is Origins too. Uh, well, since you jumped the gun, I'll let you talk about it. What, so, what you like about Origins, man? So there was a there was a feeling that I had playing Origins, hmm. and that was the mix of like the new the new like the new additions. Hmm. Whether like the- it's the combat changes, the like the new exploration mechanics or the emphasis on exploration. Yeah, and the character of Bayek. Oh god. Yeah, I love Bayek. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. And it, mm-hmm. like the the game has there's a certain like a um the first mission where you where you find or the first assassination where you use the uh Mm-hmm. Where you use the, the hidden uh, blade? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I was that blew me away. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely really cool. I like how I like how in Origins they they take the fact that it's technically the first Assassin's Creed game and then use that to say, okay, let's like it's cool to see like you've been playing all these games in the series. Let's see where the hidden blade started. Let's see where the idea of all of this stuff started. I, I think it's really cool to kind of get for lack of a better term, to get those origins. (laughs) I think it's really cool to set all that stuff up. So yeah, that Hidden Blade mission was really, really cool when you finally get to use that. I also like the the different, like, loot systems. Mm, Yes, I also like the loot in that, too. And thank thank God for uh, the... Okay. (laughs) Take what I say with 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 the large grain of salt. Oh boy! Thank God go. for you, thank God for you play. Oh, I think I know what you're gonna say, but <laughs> continue the, on this. The content you can get only through you play. Yes, like the exclusive swords and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I use a lot of that. That helped me. That helped me unlike some of the hardest boss battles. 
like I think there's like some either there's a flaming sword you can get there or there's like a uh like a healing like staff that you can use. And I remember using both of those throughout the game and you can actually level up the gear to kind of level alongside you. Oh my god, thank god for that cuz I still use those I I'm pretty sure if I popped in Origins right now, I would still see those weapons equipped cuz those are really powerful. Yeah, that stuff is really good. Yeah. And I'll I'll just say cuz Origins is my number one as well as we've already said. Um yeah, I just love I love everything about Origins. Origins is one of those games where it's very rare where this happens, especially with Ubisoft games cuz usually with a Ubisoft game it's Okay, I know what this is. Let me let me go through the motions. Like like Far Cry Primal is probably the best example of this where I didn't care about the story of Far Cry Primal. I was just thirsting for some more Far Cry. So I just skipped all the cutscenes and just cleared out all the outposts and did my little stealth missions and stuff. And it's fun to play, but it feels very empty as far as like what am I receiving from this on a impactful emotional level. Where Assassin's Creed Origins, it really got me. Where it's not like I was crying at the story or anything, but I was invested in Bayek. I was invested in on or I think you pronounce her name Anya. Um or Aya. It's Aya. Um yeah, I was really invested in their relationship, in the story overall. I thought how they ended that was really cool, and I hadn't really seen an ending like that in a video game. Um, not to say it's the craziest, most spectacular ending. It's just slightly different to what you would have expected out of a narrative like that. Um, I really like how they handled Bayek and showed that, I don't know, it was cool to play as a dad because he was like, <laughs> like he was just daddy in every sense of the word <laughs> where, cause a lot of these Assassin's Creed characters are, you know, people thirst over them, but literally Bayek's whole thing was, uh, he was a father and you could see that in all of his behavior throughout the entire game. So I, I really like that, how it just had that personality on him. And the fact they've made it from instead of it instead of it being about like Assassin's Creed 2, go around Venice, Assassin's Creed what other ones have I played? Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, go around different Venice. Um, you know, instead of it just being about a city, it is exploring an entire I think it's the whole entire country of Egypt that is there. Um, or at least it feels like it, because it's a big ass place. <laughs> Um, there's just so much to explore, so much to find, and it made it to where it, it kind of made exploration a little bit more streamlined because you got your camel and then you could just set a waypoint and have him ride there automatically. But I really enjoyed just because the exploration is more emphasized, like getting into the pyramids and seeing what's in those pyramids and using puzzle solving and all this stuff to get through and climbing up stuff. It's just like those quiet moments I talked about from Assassin's Creed 2 where you fall down into a cavern and you got to climb your way out to get to the reward. All that stuff is done so much more in Assassin's Creed Origins where there's so many more quiet moments because there's so much more content in the game overall. Uh, so yeah, I love that game so much. I'm probably going to play it later today after I do some video stuff. Um, and yeah, I just love Origins so much. That game's really special. And plus, I mean, once again, I say this often, as a black guy, it's really cool to finally play a game set in Africa. <laughs> One of the very, very few games besides maybe Africa on PS4, the Safari Simulator. Um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed Origins is definitely the goat in my eyes. And I'm people say that Odyssey is just a better origin. So one day I'll get around to that and then Valhalla soon after. 
So yeah, good stuff all around. Assassin's Creed is a great franchise, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's and really now, fucking good. And now WWE is going to turn it. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so I put up a VGU Reacts, mm-hmm. which is just like a news piece with my reactions. Yeah, just a little bit of opinion with, mixed with the fact. Yeah, like, okay, so everyone and their mother was saying that the two, like, 32K Sim games were done. Mm-hmm. Well, on pause. They're, well, they'd been making them annually for the past over 20 years. Hmm. So now instead of, a, like, 2K21 in fall, this fall, it's going to be W2K Battlegrounds. Yep. This is like made by, mm-hmm. made by Saber Interactive, who did NBA Playgrounds. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed by Saber Interactive. They're really putting out a lot of stuff. And turns turns out that uh, 2K is going to be doing an extended production mm-hmm. of the next 2K game. Yeah, I hope I hope that's what they need because now what is it? Ux is the one who used to develop the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, now that Ux is gone, it sounds like they need to build a new foundation on which to build on every year, because last year they didn't have much of a foundation, which is why it all fell apart. So hopefully well, they can come on and get it. Technically, they had a foundation. It just it was just the the wrong foundation. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a better way of saying it. Rather than building upon 2K19, they were actually building off 2K18. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's and probably no, And those issue. are two completely different games yeah yeah damn that's really rough so yeah that's probably make sure so now they just need to get it at least to the quality of 19 so then they can go up from there hmm. well what about this battlegrounds thing had you uh connect what what about this is connected to assassin's creed because i missed that connection oh no just the fact just a simple fact that they took year off they're gonna take a year off from putting out another oh annual <laughs> annual game just like they did with Origins. Okay. Well, hope. Hey, man. I don't know. I really don't know how Battlegrounds is gonna shake out. I hope. I hope it's decent, man. Y'all deserve something after how last year went. <laughs> I mean, you WWE fans, because between last year's game and there not being a simulation one this year, and the actual sport itself is kind of in turmoil because a lot of people got furloughed and all that stuff. Yeah, it's 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 a weird time for WWE fans. So I'm feeling for you. Hopefully, this one works out. Um, but in any case, speaking of working out, we're going to work our way out to the end of the show. <laughs> I, that was a weird, awkward placement for that, but we're going to stick with it. Um, but I will say that was a good, good to mention the, uh, VGU reacts. Cause as far as housekeeping goes, which we're going to start right now, that is one of the things that will be in the description. So, uh, yeah, that WWE battlegrounds announcement trailer thingy is going to be there. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. You guys can click on the link there to see what your thoughts on that were. Um, we'll see if it ends up being worth it, but <laughs> I got my fingers crossed for you, bro. But in any case, we'll have that one down there as well as, uh, oh shoot. I just clicked away from my notes. It's not what I meant to do at all. Um, give me just a minute. Um, other things we have on the docket. By the time you guys are hearing this, uh, Keeping It 100 Episode 6 should finally be out. Uh, I actually had, you probably also noticed that I've, we did back to back postings for 
uh, Players Club podcast episode 15 and 16 because I was sitting on these episodes because I had missed a week or something like a couple weeks ago. And so that meant I was two episodes behind, two weeks behind instead of one week behind. So I wanted to go ahead and get that stuff up there. So I'm not like, so you're not listening to an episode from like at the at the beginning of May. You're not listening to an episode from like the beginning of April because that's just not fun. Um, so yeah, we should be close to caught up now with that stuff. Uh, so yeah, be, I guess you can just scroll up if you're in the podcast app, if you're looking at other episodes of the Players Club, you can listen to that stuff, um, if you haven't already. Uh, also, like I said, Keeping It 100, episode 6 is gonna be out, and dude, I talked about this on Twitter, but Al, I have so many ideas for this finale. Oh my god, I was writing them all out. It's gonna be a lot. (laughs) And um, actually, let me bring up the article because for this Keeping It 100 finale, once I have all the games properly sorted, I'm going to have a written piece where I list what those games are and the order in which they are. Oh, my God, dude, it is it's going to be a lot because I what what I'm doing is the script is going to be uh, let me go into drafts. The script I'm writing is going to be the script that I read from for all the video segments. But it's also going to be the post that I put on the blog for it or not blog on the site for it. Um, And so I wrote down like about 200 words for each one. And then reading them out, it's going to be about a minute of red like dialogue. But then I realized, wait, I'm doing this for 100 games. So 200 words for 100 games. That's like 2000 words there alone. And it's probably going to be a lot more. Because I actually know it's already more than that. 20,000. Yeah, 20,000. <laughs> I'm an idiot because I can't count. Um, yeah, it's going to be so much, man. And I'm, I'm having fun with it. Like, I'm, I'm, I have more excitement in me than dread. So all this is going to go pretty quickly, I'm sure. But like, man, it's just going to be so much content. And I've already written, uh, blurt, like my little blurb section about like six or seven of these games. It's going to be massive. It's going to be a long one. And this video project I'm working on related to it. That's going to easily be if all these if all these segments for each game are about like a minute long, then just reading the games is going to be 100 minutes, which is like, God, that's like a hundred and that's like an hour and 40 minutes just reading, just just talking about each game. And God forbid me putting video with it is or not video, but I've also talked about getting people to send in like videos to talk about each game if they want to uh, and then clipping that in there, too. That's just going to add more time. So I I don't want this going over two hours, basically. So if I need to cut things down, I will. But all the games will be in there. Some of the bits. I have a lot of ideas for like... Because you, you know how uh, Kind of Funny does their... Uh, what, their E3 thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. like their showcase. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I kind of want to do it like that, where I have like a little bit in between each segment where I, like every 10 games or so I cut back to me and I'm like in a costume or something or I'm like doing it in rhyme or something like that. Just little dumb gimmicks. I'm thinking about doing that. Um, and I've written down a lot of ideas for it. But, oh, man, this is going to be whether or not it's my quarantine magnum opus. We'll see. But it's probably going to be my summer magnum opus because my hope is to get this out before Last of Us Part Two comes out. And that's two months from now. So we're going to see what happens there. Fingers crossed for me, because <laughs> I'm probably going to need it. Uh, but in any case, actually, that's less than two months now. We're in May right now. June is the next month after that. It's like a month and a half from now. 
Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Just pray for me. So yeah, you guys will be able to listen to episode six. I'll talk more about this in episode six of keeping it 100. So you guys can check out that. Um, other stuff on the site. We got some videos that are going and or gone out. Uh, Life is Strange episode one, part four is going to be in the description as well. Um, this coming week or fr- from April 30th to May, May 9th, we've got videos going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of videos coming up, actually. Star Trek Revolution, Life is Strange, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith LP. Uh, I've been capturing footage, a bunch of a bunch of footage, to of uh, Old Republic. Hmm. Yeah. Since since May is Star Wars month. Yes. Yeah. Actually, by the time this goes out, it'll be close to that time. So, yeah, probably look out on the site. There'll be a lot of Star Wars content up. I'll probably put all those links in the description for that once that applies. I I, I actually tried to capture footage for or from uh, Rogue Squadron. Ooh, Rogue Squadron. But. but for some reason, game DVR does not like the Microsoft game DVR does not like to work with that. It doesn't like to work with a lot of games I noticed, which is very strange. Like I, I mean, was well, mm-hmm. technically I can get it to work, but the the screen looks is all like squished because hmm. the game is from well over twenty years ago. <laughs> Good point. It's kind of hard to control now. But hey, I I will say there is a. I forget what the game is. I actually turned on my PS4 just to see what the game is. There was this one Star Wars game, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Um, I think I might add to some of the uh, May the 5th be with you or May the 4th be with you <laughs> content and play some Bounty Hunter for the YouTube channel. That sounds like something I should do. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff. Of course, look down there in our YouTube channel and for links for specific videos as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good videos coming up. Uh, do we... Oh, I'm going to, Al, you told me to remind you of that thing. So I'm going to remind you of that in a minute. But real quick, before I let you talk about that, is our, uh, let me look this up because I don't want to spoil it if we don't want to say it yet. But I did add to the post about, check the drafts, uh, God, about remakes. Oh, yeah, uh, that is going to be going up. I'll, 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 do you want me to talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can talk about that. It'll probably be up by the time, if it's going up within the next week, then people will probably see it. Yeah, so the next round table is, or it's about gaming remakes we want to, we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited about that one. We are also going to be running a opposing one, game remakes, game remakes we'd rather not see, which is actually pitched by Graydon. Hmm, that's a hell of a good one. I haven't had a chance to shoot out a negative emotion in a while, so maybe I'll join on that. <laughs> so, and coming out, coming soon to VG.TV, uh, remembering G4 Part 6, Icons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see this. That's coming as well soon. You know the other... And that- yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, the other day I was watching uh, L- uh, Attack of the Show reruns on YouTube for no reason, so like I'm super nostalgic for G4 right now. Yeah, I mean, I can't... I'm- I cannot wait for the documentary to come out. Oh yeah, I'm I'm counting the days. <laughs> uh oh, another thing is a Final Fantasy VII remake review. Yeah, I see that in the book. Josh Miller. Well. Yeah, I have a feeling that could be another one to randomly catch a hold on N4G. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully so. 
but yeah, a lot of good stuff. Is there anything else on there that, uh, well, we got some recaps coming. You know, you, of course, expect to see those on a monthly basis. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. We'll see. Ooh, I have to I have to submit to that quarantine one as well, because I don't think I've added anything to that. But um, we got some other roundtables coming as well. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. But in any case, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for now. Uh, thank you guys for. Oh, wait, talk about your thing that I had to remind you about. <laughs> uh yeah so a new edition coming soon to vgu.tv or more more specifically the players club podcast feed yep yep a weekly news podcast where we, i wanted i wanted to get at least two i want to at least have two people on it Mm-hmm. kind of like a back and forth similar to this yeah at, like we'll be going over the biggest news of the of said week mm-hmm and in the coming weeks, that's there's going to be a lot of news, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should be interesting. Don't know what we're naming it yet. <laughs> that that's probably a conversation we should probably have later. But um, uh, Josh actually pitched mm-hmm. uh, something like pitched the name Patch Notes. I like that a lot. <laughs> but it's already taken. Oh, damn it! All the good ideas are taken. Damn it! We'll 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 think some more. Um, but yeah. That that sh- that one should be exciting to hear, especially since we uh in in this podcast we don't stick on the breaking breaking news too much. But yeah, it'll be good to have a place where we can talk about all the new stuff because there's going to be a lot of new stuff according to all the things we just talked about now. So yeah, it'll be a new world by the time all these consoles and stuff come out. So it'll be a good place to talk about it. Sounds good. Any other things to talk about on that project, or just more more as we go on with the year? Uh, more like I'll keep I'll keep you guys updated. Sounds good. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. We'll 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 share more details later on. Um, a lot of big projects coming up in the site. Um, but overall, that's pretty much all we got for this episode. So once again, Al, I want to thank you for joining me today. No problem. Yeah, it's been a fun one. I love me some AC Creed. Um, that's not how it's pronounced. Anyway, um, <laughs> thanks for rocking with me today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. If you're on YouTube as well. And we shall see you on the next episode of the Players Club Podcast. Uh, be safe, you know, do all that stuff. I always, I don't want to get on the soapbox today, but you guys know what you should be doing to make the world a better place. So just try and do them. That's all I got to say. And as I always say at the end of every episode of everything I do on the internet, uh, keep it real, keep it drill. Bye-bye now.